0: you are listening to the mom's full circle podcast a place for moms or moms to be to come together and support one another laugh together maybe cry together ask your most random baby questions to judgment three and tune in to hear all things motherhood as a mom and myself i know the importance of having a tribe to lean on during this wild ride i hope this podcast will do that for you too So grab a cup of coffee, or maybe a glass of wine, probably the video monitor too, and let's dive in. Hey you guys, welcome back to the Moms Full Circle Podcast, or if you are new here, thank you for joining us. I am your host, Caroline Prestano. As you heard in the intro, I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, girl mama, and really just here to... Create a community of us moms from near and far to lean on each other, support one another, learn from each other, and have some fun doing it. So I do have a guest coming on the podcast today. You guys will hear my intro to her right at the top of the episode, but I wanted to hop on here before we dive in and remind you that the Moms Full Circle workout subscription is live. You are getting five workouts every single week with this subscription. We do a mixture of upper body, lower body, some cardio, some core, and some full body. All of the workouts are the workouts that I'm doing in my postpartum journey, so I am right there with you. You get the full workout video. Everything is 40 minutes or less with just dumbbells and a resistance band, so you can do it right at home if you want to. And I hope that you will join us. I'm going to put the link in my show notes, and you can also check it out on my Instagram for what some of the workouts might look like. Can't wait to have you join us. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure to subscribe and share it out while you're listening. Tag me on social media, and I will catch you guys at the end. All right. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Moms Full Circle podcast. Today I have Allie on the podcast. She's on Instagram as the Mama Bee, and I'll put all of this in my show notes so you guys can give her a follow. But I found Allie on Instagram through just the mom community and felt instantly connected with her because she talks a lot about holistic health practices, using food for fuel, and raising her children. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today. I'm going to hand it over to you, Allie, so you can introduce yourself a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about you.
1: Well, hello, and thank you for having me. I was so excited when you asked. I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds (laughs) like so much fun. I would love to. So I am a wife married. Um, we have two kids, so I have a son who's eight years old and that's kind of where my whole interest even in nutrition and wellness and my body and all of that kind of started, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, and then we have our girl who is about to be six in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and she is on the spectrum. So she is special needs. So that is a whole nother Ball game, you know, when you're trying to raise kids and you know raise up a healthy family as well. So we care a lot about in our family. We care a lot about the Lord. Um, we're big believers and about what we're putting into our body and onto our bodies, um, and just kind of bringing awareness to to that. So that is like what we are all about.
0: Yeah, and I I love that you share really a whole picture of all of those things that you just shared on your on your page because it's just. <laughs> And and like you said, you know, I'm full-time, I'm a special ed teacher and raising a child with special needs and then, you know, having another child on top of that, it's a lot, um, right. you know, and so I give you, you know, a lot of props and for being her advocate and really even taking it a step further and taking the health route of it of, okay, so now what are we doing to our bodies? What are we giving our bodies? How can we really optimize everything here? So... You kind of briefly touched on that this all started with your son. So how did you kind of enter the space of more holistic practices? So has it always been this way for you, or how did you get here?
1: No, so definitely hasn't. I mean, I grew up on, you know, a very standard American diet. My TV dinners, my parents, you know, they just didn't know any better. And mm-hmm. that's what we grew up eating, Hamburger Helper and almost everything from a box. Um, so I never really growing up was taught to care about that or taught the importance of it. Um, so when I was pregnant with my son, I was 200 pounds at the end of my pregnancy. And my doctor was like, you gained too much weight. And I was like, I know. <laughs> um, so after I had my son, I obviously like, I wanted to lose weight and, and figure out, I just wanted to know why, why my body was reacting certain ways, why certain foods seem to linger or make me feel constipated or bloated or anything like that i really wanted to figure out the science behind it and what was happening why certain foods were good and why certain foods weren't good but they kind of look like they're good and so i started to really self-study i've always been a I that's what i say i'm not a doctor i am a self-studier i read as many books as I can get my hands on and documentaries, all the things in the past eight years. Um, so I really wanted to know why my body was reacting certain ways. And that's kind of what started it. Um, I started doing paleo and reading a book about it and I still reference it to this day, you know, eight years later now, I actually don't eat any meat, but I still, you know, I'm a big fan. I like the paleo way of eating and I found really good books on it called practical paleo. That was an amazing book and totally changed so much for me and really broke down the hows and the whys of food. So I still will reference back to that book, you know, eight years later, because it's got such good information in it, but that is kind of when it started, you know, because I started to lose weight and I started to lose weight pretty fast. And then I even read deeper into eating for my blood type. Um, and that's kind of what I follow now for the most part. And that seems to, I don't consider it like a diet that I follow. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just how I eat. That's just, it's not a diet. This is just how I eat. food. You know what I mean? Um, so that is kind of how
0: it all started. And I love how you touched on like how your body reacted to it. So you weren't necessarily, I mean, yes, you came from it from the point of, Weight loss, healthy weight loss. But it was also like you weren't just saying, well, that food's bad because society says that it's bad. You know, it was maybe a food that's quote unquote bad for your body isn't bad for my body, and vice versa. So you really took the time to dive into like how your body reacted to certain things and took the approach of finding what made your body feel best, which I think that sometimes in our society, that's kind of what's missing when people go on a journey with their health because they're not focusing on how it makes them feel. It's just all about that physical, how can it make me look? Right.
1: And I did not want to starve myself. You know, I was trying to nurse at the time. Like I knew that that was not, I knew that wasn't the answer. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, we have to figure out why, what's going on. And yeah. How do I be this healthy? Like I just wanted to be healthy about it and, and be able to maintain weight loss as well. So that was a big thing for me.
0: And you said now you more so like take the approach of trying to eat for your blood type. So kind of give us a rundown. Like what is what does that look like?
1: So I am an A positive blood type. Um, and with the like eating for your I believe that's what the book is called. Eat Eat Right for Your Type by Dr. James DeAdamo, I think is how you say it. I could have butchered that. But <laughs> it's a really good book. Um, the positive negative portion doesn't necessarily really play a role in it. It's more so A, B, A, B, or O. Um, so for me personally, a, somebody with a blood type A does best on like a pescatarian type diet. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I do. I've I've done restrictive things before mostly around my children (laughs) you know when I was nursing my daughter I was very you know no dairy or very very limited dairy or just a little bit here to see you know how I reacted how she reacted Mm -hmm. and nobody really liked it at the time um but for me eating for my type is more like I do a lot of veggies I do a lot of like good carbs sweet potatoes we love sweet potatoes in our house Mm -hmm. and homemade french fries because the kids obviously like french fries (laughs) Um, And I do seafood. I love seafood. I love a lot of seafood. Um, I basically just don't eat meat. Okay. That is about it.
0: And is that something like, do you follow this for your whole family based off their blood types or do they just kind of eat similarly to you?
1: Um, they more so, I would say, eat similarly to me. My husband actually doesn't know his blood type and I've been on him for it for a long time now. I'm like, can you just go and find out? (laughs) Um, but with the kids, you know, I don't want to push certain strategies or diets Mm -hmm. or ideologies on them as far as food. I want them to have a comfortable relationship with food. So I don't tell them, you know, you can't eat that because mommy doesn't eat that. And I'm like, do you want to try that? I will cook it for you. If, and if you like it, you can have it. Absolutely. But we're going to, you know, we always try to make the healthier option of whatever it is that they want. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the grocery store is a trap for children. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much marketing and things out there that are geared towards kids. And, you know, we are the people that are like, well, let's pick it up and let's read the ingredients. Like, what is in it? You know? Um, But, like, my son still likes chicken. Mm-hmm. He does like chicken. He won't really eat a cheeseburger, though, and I think that might have a little bit to do with me.
0: But... <laughs> it's okay. It's not <laughs> you know, a bad he thing. He
1: likes his chickens, and we just do, you know, my husband will get organic chicken, and we just do the breading and everything at home and just yep. make them chicken nuggets that way. My daughter doesn't seem to love it. She's nonverbal, though, so it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if she likes it. She might really like it, but based on eating it, she doesn't eat it. So sometimes she doesn't seem to care much for me.
0: Yeah. And I love that you even point out, like, they can still have all of those fun kid foods, but you guys can just make them yourselves. Like, to make your own breaded chicken nuggets or to make your own, you know, sweet potato fries or french fries just using a potato is – and I love that you share that even on your page because I think, again, that people get – Concerned when they start their health journey because they think there's all these foods they can't have now.
1: Right. And you're proving that you can. My son's blown away that potatoes can be shaped in so many different forms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, great like exposure for him too, though, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Now, when you're on your page two, you talk a little bit about the balance between Western and Eastern medicine. So like, obviously you guys take a very holistic approach when it comes to using food for fuel for your body and to feel your best and all of those things. But what does that balance kind of look like for your family? And are there some other common like holistic approaches that you use um, in your family to kind of specifically help you guys feel your best?
1: I mean, I would say, yes, there's some very common, you know, holistic things that we do that I think, I think a lot of it too has to do with like the community that I surround myself with. I talk to a bunch of, you know, like-minded women every single day. So if, you know, for us, it means maybe letting a fever run its course before we give Tylenol. You know, we know that the fever is your body's response doing what it needs to do. So oftentimes we'll try to let a fever run its course if we can, um, I will try to up like garlic in their foods, sneak some things in if I can, um, like really focusing in on like herbs as well for them. Both my kids actually like tea, so oh, when nice. they are sick, I love to you know give them like chamomile tea or dandelion tea or some kind of tea. Um, yeah, they think it's cute. They'll have like a little tea party, and you know <laughs> we'll put an ice cube in there, and so they think it's great. <laughs> but I also you know we love we love essential oils. I think essential oils are great. Um, I do think obviously there is a time and a place for Western medicine, but it is more so a last resort for our family. Um, You know, we know antibiotics can be needed um, but we also know the damage that antibiotics can do to like your microbiome, to your gut. So we will up probiotics if we ever have antibiotics. I honestly don't remember the last time if any of us have had to take any antibiotics. So that's kind of a big thing because when my daughter was younger, she used to get, you know, double ear infections all the time. And, you know, she was, I don't want to say she was constantly on antibiotics, but she was on, you know, her fair share. So we use it more so as a last resort. But I definitely mm-hmm. think there's a time and a place because um, my brother, I, ha- I don't know like how long you have been following me, my page, but my brother, I lost my older brother at 30 years old to cancer. Um, so he was diagnosed, this was two years ago, he was diagnosed at 29 with stage four colon cancer, and then passed away less than a year after that. So it was mm-hmm. very fast. It was very overwhelming. Sometimes I'm still like, wow, he's not here anymore. You know what I mean? So to watch somebody like that, my brother was a big guy, like very, very big, like a football player, just big, you know, um, just dwindle down to to nothing. But I mean, he at that point, he needed chemo. There wasn't another option Mm -hmm. for him. So that in that sense, I think it's I'm so thankful that we have it and I'm grateful that that is available um, I just wish, you know, I could have helped him before I got to that point, but nobody knew anything. So, right. you know, it was, it was hard to watch, which is another reason why I am so passionate about sharing health and wellness with people. Because yeah. I think a lot of my brother having cancer at such a young age had a lot to do with you know, the things that we did eat growing up or medications that he was on from elementary school till after high school and alcohol and stress. And it just kind of shows the importance. And I mean, it's really sad to say it, but to look at it and know that my my son watched him go through it. Like my son was old enough to know what was going on. And, and I think it, I think it kind of changed him a little bit too. Like he does see the importance Mm -hmm. of what we're putting into our body. So that is kind of, you know, I understand there's absolutely a need for it, but it is not our first, our go-to. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And I I think, you know, it seems like you take a very preventative approach and you're coming at it from such personal experiences you know starting with your own pregnancy and postpartum journey and then having a family member suffer you're kind of you know you and now you're saying your children too kind of have this connection to like it's so much more than just making our bodies look a certain way you know right. we care about what we're putting in our, into our bodies surrounding our bodies with um Again, I love that you're sharing it on your page because I think it makes people kind of question and wonder, you know, even outside of food. You mentioned things like, you know, things in our environment or medications that we're on. And mm-hmm. we're so quick to just say, oh, yeah, give me that antibiotic. Is that going to make it better? And then, you know, you're kind of showing, well, actually, there's other things that we could hey, you do. Can try this,
1: this, this or this first, depending on what's going on. So, right.
0: Right. Yeah. I love that. Now to shift a little bit, you had mentioned that um, you have a daughter and a son, and your daughter is on the spectrum and nonverbal. So, what does that look like, you know, in your in your household? And then you have your son too. How do you balance all of this? Advocate for your daughter, be there for your son, but also probably I would assume help your son because he wants to communicate with her too. You know, I can only imagine.
1: Well. I will say my husband is amazing and we are very much a team. We very much so understand that whatever is happening, we don't really argue. I will say that like my husband and I have a really great relationship. We were really good friends before we you know, ever started dating or anything like that. So we've always known each other as, as friends first. Um, and we know that it's always, okay, us against whatever the issue is, whatever the problem is, whatever we're up against, like, we're going to do it as a team, because it's going to be easier, rather than trying to do it ourselves. So he is a huge part of of why I can do what I do. Um, and with my daughter, you know, she was diagnosed when she was two and a half. And I, I mean, as a mom, I knew something was wrong at like three months old. I just... I felt like I had really bad postpartum depression and they always say, you you can't compare your kids, but that was all I had to go off of. And I was just like, something isn't right. Like there is something different. I don't, I can't explain it, but it just felt emotionally different. So Mm -hmm. I assumed that I had postpartum depression. Um, And then I would say, you know, she, she would do things like her legs would never be still. We would lay down to nurse and her legs were just constantly moving and moving and moving. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, um, I would have to strap her to me in the carrier. And I think I counted like 310 laps. One time I had to walk around my kitchen to get her to fall asleep. Like she couldn't regulate her body down to calm down enough, which I didn't know anything about that then. I mean, I know now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's why she did things like that. Um, so when she was 15 months old, I brought it up to the pediatrician and I was like, look, I took this video. It looks like she's trying to talk, but there's nothing that comes out of her mouth. Like she would open up her mouth, but no sound came out. She didn't also, she also like, didn't really cry a lot. Um, and of course they were like, she's fine. He told me she's going to have a burst. It will be fine if she's not, you know, if you're still concerned at her next appointment, we can call someone. And at her 18-month appointment, I told them, you know, if you don't help me, I will find another doctor because there is something wrong. Um, And I think that was kind of like my first push is like, okay, I am her only advocate. You know, her dad and I, like, we know her better than these doctors who see her a few times a year kind of situation. Um, So they finally were like, well, we could call early intervention if you want. And I was, you know, I never had a special needs kid. So I was like, I don't know what to do. That's why I'm asking you. Um, So we had early intervention come in and they were amazing, 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 amazing. At the time we lived um, on Cape Cod and they helped us do everything. They helped us set up the appointment at Boston Children's to have her evaluated. They helped us like in a support group, I went to a support group every Tuesday morning um, that I also took Riker to. Riker is my son and Raylan is my daughter. Um, And that was something, too, from the beginning. They would lay out all of these things that we need to do. And I said, you know, I'm looking at everything. And I was like, okay, well, what about Riker? Like, what do I do when he needs me? And I'm supposed to be doing all of this stuff because I can't ignore my other child. So Riker is very, very involved with his sister. He does want to communicate with her. Um, Right now she uses a communication device, which they're not home, so I don't have it. But she uses a communication device where she can go up to it and she can make it say, you know, I want to go to the pool. And I want, you know, to have a milkshake. I want to eat, you know, whatever she wants. She mm-hmm. can go on there and tell us whether she wants to watch TV or use her tablet or whatever she wants to do. She's pretty good about using it. And that has been a re- such a relief because if you don't know what your kid wants and you're not doing it fast enough for yep. them, like I think we all know they get mad. Um, so before we had that, there were, you know, a lot of tantrums, a lot of like, I don't know what she wants. I don't know what to do. Um, She's very independent though. So she will sometimes just go right into the refrigerator and get a bagel and put it on the table and pull the toaster out and basically set it all up for us. Um, So she's, she's just a little, little little independent lady. And we just started doing like hippo horseback riding therapy with her, Mm -hmm. um, which has been awesome. We've done it for two weeks now and she absolutely loves it. So We've done that. We've done ABA therapy. We've done speech therapy. We do OT. We do all the therapies and Riker comes along with us. Um, if we ask him, you know, do you want to go? Do you not want to go? If he doesn't want to go, we try to either one of us will hang back or see if we can take him to a grandparent, but overall he's pretty, pretty involved with her. And I do feel like because he's watched her grow up and not talk and you know, that kind of stuff, he's softer. Like he's kind of more gentle he's the nice kid because he would as far as i know he would never go like pick on somebody or make fun of somebody or do anything like that and if he sees it he pretty much is like hey not everybody is the same as you like he's yeah. he's kind of a little advocate for her too sometimes i have to tell him like it's okay I
0: got <laughs> <this."> <laughs> that's amazing though and i love that he gets to be involved in all of that too it's really a whole family thing um but, yeah, same thing, like, connection-wise. My nephew is on the spectrum, and I have – or he has, I should say, my other nephews, two brothers and a sister. So there's four of them total. Same sort of thing, though. I feel like for my niece and my nephews, they don't really see him as different. Like, right. it's just just who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just – they understand. They understand his needs. They understand that he needs something different than they might need. Right. And I think that – While it's so challenging, it's also a really great experience for them to be able to kind of open their eyes and see everything around them.
1: Yes, it's definitely been, I think, an experience, well, for all of us, but for him more so being so young to experience it, I think overall is almost a better thing for him because I think he's just a nicer person. Yeah. Um, And I will say my husband golfs. That's kind of his thing. He goes and he golfs. So he gets his, yeah. And my thing is yoga. I go and I do yoga.
0: And that's <laughs> I like what I was part. that's yeah. what I was gonna ask you is like between all of this, how do you prioritize you?
1: I book my whole weeks around my workouts. So I will book my workouts first and then I obviously like I won't book during her like therapy times, but I will book my workouts and then plug in where I'm gonna do other things. Cause I work from home. I have um, you know, I do, I help ladies with their hormones and with gut health. Um, I mean, I help men too, but I feel like I predominantly can relate better to women. So it's just naturally easier for me to talk mm-hmm. to women and naturally easier for other women to talk to me. Um, so that I can do anywhere. I also coordinate hair and makeup for weddings, um, which I'm transitioning out of because I really want to focus in more on like hormone health. Um, so this is my last season doing that. But I am able to do that from home as well. So I will plug in like those hours where I'm doing wedding things and, you know, checking in with customers, that kind of stuff around my workouts.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm the same way where my workout is like my non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it in that day, I, you know, you're just, you're just off. It just feels like everything else around you is chaotic. And yep you can lose yourself. So I'm glad that you, you and your husband, even I love that you guys tag team it and he gets his thing. You get your thing. And it's just, it's a balance.
1: It definitely is. It definitely is. But we both know we are happier when we get to do our thing. Yeah.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Now, I always love, like at the end of the podcast, I always love asking the question to moms that come on here, um, how you feel like you upgraded a little bit since becoming a mom. So when I say upgrade, I I know personally as a first time mom, there's so much on social media about motherhood and I think it's great. But I also know I personally felt so scared during pregnancy because There's a lot of the negatives that get posted of the sleep deprived, of the tantrums, of the sleep regressions, of the breastfeeding. And so I just try to like flip the switch. And I always love to hear positive things that have come out of motherhood because I think, again, personal experience, I think the positives outweigh the negatives so much, but we don't talk about them enough. So I guess with all that being said, what would you say was like a way that you upgraded or a positive that has come out of motherhood for you?
1: Well, I will say I feel like my children are my personal like gift from God to raise in this crazy world and to raise them to be good people um, and to do the right thing. So I feel like the weight of that is so like empowering at times that I'm like, this is what I was designed and created to do. These are my people. And I get to nurture them all the way up and raise them up to do the right thing. So just, I think mentally I've upgraded. I mean, obviously my son's eight now, so motherhood has been eight years for me. And to look back where I was then to where I am now, like I could never imagine living my life the way I did or being the same person. I feel like mentally I have just evolved into the person I always wanted to be but I never knew I needed kind of thing like Mm -hmm. I think my kids saved me and I never like I said I never knew I needed that because I I didn't think I did and then they came along and just like burst your heart wide open you know there's a saying somewhere that's like to have children is to watch your heart walk around outside of your body that is so true I love that I think they just make me a better person Mm -hmm. overall you know and want to do better especially because I know like I am their their biggest advocate right
0: now. So I love that. And I love I I agree. I always will say like I you realize that the things that happened before children were maybe not as important and then these other sides of you come out that you're like, I didn't even know that was there, but I can't imagine life without that side of me now. And it's just it's really I think hard to explain to people that aren't mothers, because probably I would have rolled my eyes if somebody said this to me before, but once you experience it, it's like, no, that really is how it is. Yes,
1: exactly. I agree with that completely.
0: I love it. Well, why don't you share out where people could um, find you and connect with you, and I'll make sure to put all of it in the show notes, too.
1: I am pretty simple. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook is Allie Bashan. My Instagram is B like the animal bee. So that starts with a bee. And that's just what my kids call me. They've always called me mama bee. So I getting oh. kind of into like, okay, that's what my Instagram will be. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then my email too is the plexus mama bee at Gmail. So pretty simple.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today and just sharing your story and all of these great, simple, I think practices that people could kind of take a little nugget or two from.
1: Well, thanks for having me this was so
0: much fun if you enjoyed today's episode of the mom's full circle podcast be sure to hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our new episodes i'm always looking to expand my tribe so please reach out you can find me at caroline underscore prestano on social media i can't wait to connect with you and i'll catch you in the next episode